0: My oh my oh my welcome in to WFS the Will Ford Show. Unbelievable news over the last day or so. I was gonna release a pod yesterday and when all this news dropped in the NFL I'm really glad I didn't because I would have had to have been back in here the next day basically doing a do-over but some huge news with franchise tag deadline was yesterday but I mean we had some of that of course but That was completely overshadowed by a couple massive moves, massive decisions, and so we're going to talk about those today in the Will Ford Show with Aaron Rodgers deciding to return to the Green Bay Packers and signing a new contract, and I'll have some of those details for you in this show and my thoughts on it. And then Russell Wilson, a guy who I did not think was going to get traded by the Seattle Seahawks ends up being traded to the Denver Broncos. My reaction to that as well. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers because um, this is something that I thought was really going to happen all along. The more time that went on uh, went went by, I felt like Aaron Rodgers was going to stay. Uh, the only place that really made sense for him to go was the Denver Broncos, and clearly the Broncos were trying to get a deal done to trade for Aaron Rodgers, and when Rodgers decided to stay, of course, they pulled the trigger on Russell Wilson. But Rodgers staying in Green Bay, the details of this contract still yet to be finalized, still ironing out some details, but loosely, it's a four-year deal worth $200 million and approximately 150 maybe maybe $153 million in guarantees. And that makes Aaron Rodgers the highest paid player in the National Football League. What it also does, too, is reduce Aaron Rodgers' cap hit for the, this season coming up and the season after, and that allows them a little wiggle room because entering the offseason, they were about, I think, forty maybe $50 million over the cap. So this certainly helps out a lot, this new deal. Of course, you get to keep your star quarterback. And then what it also allowed the Packers to do was franchise tag Devontae Adams. Of course, the, the goal is to sign one of the the best receivers in the National Football League. I think he's second best to Cooper Cup. You could argue he's first. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. But you have to franchise tag him. You you want to get him to a, a new deal. Adams isn't happy about the franchise tag because I think this is the second consecutive year he's been under the tag. He wants a new deal. Why wouldn't he want a new deal? I mean, considering he's been one of the top receivers in the NFL over the past three, four seasons, he's not paid like it. Um, He's actually outside the top 10 when it comes to base salaries far as wide receivers go in the NFL. So Adams wants to be paid like the best receiver, and he should be. But in order to get this deal done with Aaron Rodgers, I think the franchise tag was really the only way to go to preserve this duo. Because I think other than Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, this might be the, the second best duo in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. This is the team for the Packers. If you lose one, the other one clearly isn't going to be as good. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has no other receivers other than Devontae Adams. And with Jordan Love throwing the football, if Rodgers is gone, I mean, how good is Devontae Adams really going to be if no one can put the ball in the places he needs it to be successful? The one thing, though, that makes this really, really interesting, Rodgers is staying You have Devontae Adams. Where does Jordan Love fall in this picture? It kind of seems like he's the odd man out because the Packers drafted him two years ago in the first round. They traded up to number 26 to take Jordan Love. Clearly, they saw something. Clearly, they felt like teams in front of them were, were interested in taking him, and they saw something too. Jordan Love has played a little bit, not much, hasn't been too spectacular by any means, And we don't really know how good he can be. He hasn't had many opportunities, but of what we've seen, he just doesn't seem like he is a starting caliber quarterback yet. Now, he has been in a great system. You sit behind Aaron Rodgers for two years. Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur's offense. It's about as good of a system to be in if you're a young quarterback. So Jordan Love should have learned a lot of things in two years from Aaron Rodgers and that offense. But I think Jordan Love's trade value in this situation is unbelievably high, especially when you consider the free agent quarterback market. There's not really much out there other than maybe a Jameis Winston at best. That's really all you can get in the trade market. You could trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. You could trade maybe for Deshaun Watson. We don't even know yet. You kind of have to throw Deshaun Watson out with all of this legal trouble and even if he were to be cleared by all of this, and he's not in any legal trouble anymore, he's going to be disciplined by the NFL. So he would miss time next year anyways. So you kind of have to remove Deshaun Watson from the trade market. Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Carson Wentz, those are kind of the guys that you, you may want to trade for, but that's not super, super high end. There's You know what those guys are their ceilings are already set. They can't transcend any higher. With a guy like Jordan Love who's only 2 years in to a 5-year deal with a 5th year option, we know that there is potential there. We know he's very talented. We know he's got the mobility, he's got a very strong arm playing in a system like Green Bay's for the last couple of years. I think Jordan Love's trade value is is very high. I think teams would rather take a chance on a guy like Jordan Love than maybe go trade for an expensive player like Jimmy Garoppolo. And even when you look at this year's draft class, it's not unbelievably strong by any means. The two top quarterbacks are Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis, but nobody seems too, too high on them where you're absolutely certain that this guy is the best quarterback in the draft and should be taken off the board first at quarterback. So Jordan Love instantly I think becomes if he was in this draft class Jordan Love might be not the number one pick but he would be the number one quarterback I think in a lot of people's eyes so if you're the Green Bay Packers what can you get for Jordan Love can you get a first round pick I mean if Russell Wilson who is 33 years old just traded to the Broncos I mean you're getting five picks and a couple of players, we're going to get into that you know, here in, in a few minutes. But if you're getting all that much, I know Russell Wilson is in his prime. He's going to be a future Hall of Famer. But with a guy like Jordan Love, untapped potential, does Jordan Love get a first? Does he get you a first? Or maybe does he get you a second? I think it's very, very possible. And if you're Green Bay, you have to float Jordan Love out there. Maybe not right now, but I think as the offseason carries on or maybe once you get closer to the NFL draft you float Jordan Love's name out there in trade packages I mean easily the the Packers could move up in round one if they wanted to with Jordan Love or get a a second first round pick in this year's draft uh, or maybe another second maybe you get a collection of picks like a second and a couple thirds I don't know what you get for a guy who hasn't played very much but has Some tools that you think can make him successful. I'm not sure what you get, but Jordan Love, I think instantly becomes the hottest commodity when it comes to the quarterback market in the NFL because there's not much in the free agent market trade-wise. There are some good players, good quarterbacks whose ceilings are already set. They're not high level quarterbacks and are pretty expensive. And then you have the draft where no one really sticks out. Like a sore thumb, but in a good way. No one really sticks out. And so I I think Jordan Love, honestly, I think he's the hottest commodity. There's a little bit of unknown for sure, but he was taken as a first round pick for a reason. And so I think if you're a team like the Indianapolis Colts, maybe even the New York Giants, teams like that who are looking for a quarterback, might be willing to roll the dice on a guy like Jordan Love, who is young cheap, three years left on a deal with a fifth year option, and he's probably not going to cost you too much in terms of draft compensation. I think you would only have to give up a couple of picks, but I I, I get the feeling that they would probably be in the second to third round range. I, I'm not sure you would get a first round pick for him, but you might have to give up a, a second and a third. And I think a team like the Colts might be willing to do that. Very, very interesting, and I'm super intrigued to see what rumors swirl around around, uh, about Jordan Love as we get closer to the NFL draft, because I really think the Packers can kind of capitalize on this situation. Signing Aaron Rodgers, you lower his cap hit, you tag Devontae Adams, they have some cuts that they really need to make on defense to eliminate some more money, and I think they can get under the cap and then maybe work some things around to maybe make their roster maybe not necessarily better, but probably almost as good as it was last year. And the Packers should be, again, a 12-13 win team and win the NFC North relatively easily. Now, with this this trade, I mean, it seemed like seconds after Aaron Rodgers, the report came in that he was staying in Green Bay, within minutes, Russell Wilson was traded to the Denver Broncos. And I was shocked, and I yelled out to my dad, and I told him, and he was shocked too. I think everybody was shocked by this. But the Denver Broncos have actually been working on this deal for a while. I think Aaron Rodgers was always the number one. I think they were always going to try to get Aaron Rodgers. But in a way, I think Russell Wilson is actually better. Because he provides a lot more mobility in terms of freelancing outside of the pocket. He can create a lot more plays off schedule. Aaron is very great at off schedule. Russell Wilson, with his athletic ability, can certainly add another dimension to the offense. He's younger. He's 33. He's had some injuries, but I think that's just because of a a lackluster offensive line. Even though Aaron Rodgers is better than Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is going to provide a lot more for them long-term. And then when you look at what Denver gave away to get Russell Wilson, they got Wilson and a fourth-round pick. In 2022 the broncos did but they are giving away drew lock so seattle does get a quarterback with starting experience and i i do like drew lock a little bit Noah Fance, really good young tight end he's had some injuries but tremendous upside as a receiver with his size and i really i think seattle is getting a fantastic player there shelby harris is a good defensive lineman from the broncos and then look at all these picks that the seahawks are getting 2022 first, a 2023 first, a 2022 second, 2022 fifth, and a 2023 second. That's a huge haul for Russell Wilson. And then also in this uh, this isn't included in the deal, but just another note, the Seahawks also cut Bobby Wagner, uh, their longtime middle linebacker, leader of that that Super Bowl defense and that's a big name gone. Obviously his play has declined over the last couple of years, but still a a valuable player, pretty expensive at the same time too. So Seattle's obviously playing the money game there, but really Seattle, I actually think did a pretty decent job in terms of getting value back for Russell Wilson. Obviously you're losing a generational hall of fame level talent, but you're getting a lot of picks in return and I don't know how you can, I can't really argue against that, especially when you're getting guys like Shelby Harris and Noah Fant and Drew Locke, I think can be a fine transition quarterback for a year. You can win games with Drew Locke. He's a little bit too aggressive at times, can throw some interceptions, but certainly talented. If I had to give grades for this, and I know I just, I know I just said the Seahawks got this massive haul basically a king's ransom for the Seattle Seahawks. But I think in terms of, of winning now, you know, Pete Carroll is what, 71 years old as a head coach? I mean, he's not going to be coaching for much longer. As far as a winning now, from that perspective, I would actually probably give the Seahawks maybe a, a C plus for this trade. Because Russell Wilson is still in his prime at age 33, not really that big of a cap hit over the next couple of years. It's but uh, 24 million coming up this year, and then 20, uh, 27 million in 2023. I know the relationship's been strained. Russell Wilson has wanted a little bit, a little bit more say in the pieces that have been put around him. He wanted an, an improved offensive line and things like that. And he didn't really get some of that stuff. And so I know that the, the trade rumors swirled around even last year, I get that the relationship was strained, but they, they, di- they did get a lot of picks for them, but. You think about the history of the Seattle Seahawks, especially in the last—I don't know—ten years. They have been a pretty poor drafting team. They—they don't—they don't draft and scout very well. And I wouldn't call this necessarily a rebuild for the Seahawks because I think I—I I think they're still respectable, but they're losing a generational player at quarterback. And you're substituting Drew Log, who, like I said, is fine for a year. You can win a handful of games. You're you're not going to win the division, and I don't think you're going to make the playoffs. It's not a rebuild. It's a reboot. But I think it might take a couple of years. Now, with these picks, though, maybe, maybe the Seahawks, instead of using them to draft players that can maybe do something a little similar to what the Los Angeles Rams did to build their roster, maybe use those picks to go trade for a quarterback. If Deshaun Watson's legal troubles are are out the window and he's cleared, obviously he would be disciplined, but maybe the Seahawks put some picks together to go get Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson really, I think, is up there with one of the most some of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. He's he's up there with guys like Mahomes and Josh Allen and and Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson. So it's certainly something that you have to think about if you're the Seahawks. You could use those picks that you acquired to go get a quarterback. And then you have Shelby Harris on the defensive line that you, you got in that deal, Noah Fant. You can certainly do some things with those picks. But if the Seahawks are looking big picture and want to use those picks to build maybe a younger core, they don't have the best track record when it comes to picking players. And so I would be, I would be hesitant to just run out here and say that, you know, the Seahawks, they get an A for this deal. I certainly think they got tremendous value. It's a, A plus value, but how will they utilize that value? We know what the players are, but Drew Locke is a significantly lesser quarterback when compared to Russell Wilson and you suck at drafting. <laughs> So what do you what do you do? I think the Seahawks they're probably probably going to look in the free agent market and and the trade market for quarterbacks. I don't think they would draft a quarterback. I think Drew Locke is better than the quarterbacks that are in the draft. And so really, I think it's all it's all about the the trade market. We'll see what kind of opens up because I don't think they would. It wouldn't make sense for them to use those picks to go trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. It might make sense to trade for a guy like Jordan Love. But really, I think it would make the most sense to trade for Deshaun Watson, but that is assuming his legal troubles are are cleared, and there's absolutely no guarantee that that will ever happen. He may never play football again, so it's hard to even include that as a possibility, but it's very wishful thinking if you're the Seattle Seahawks, and maybe that's what you're banking on. And if you're banking on that as a Seahawks executive, someone in that front office, you got to be very careful. You've got to do your homework. Make sure that he is absolutely 100% cleared and make sure you get the details of any possible suspension that he could be under because you don't want to trade picks for a guy who has to sit out a year or two years, what have you. The Seahawks got A-plus value in the deal, but I don't know how well they're going to utilize those picks just because they're not the best drafting team. Their scouting department drafting department is just it's not very good just hasn't been and who wins this trade i mean the the broncos are winning the trade in terms of getting a hall of fame level quarterback they can you know go out and sign Ertz to a one-year deal at tight end if they wanted to and that fills that that hole you could potentially bring back vaughn miller the broncos are a super bowl contender and think about this for a second the afc west Has Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs, Derek Carr on the Raiders, Justin Herbert on the Chargers, and now Russell Wilson on the Broncos. That is a loaded division, easily the best and more than likely going to be the most competitive division in the NFL next year. And also, this is the biggest trade that we've ever seen in the NFL since the Herschel Walker trade between the Vikings and the Cowboys, you know, back in what, 1990? I don't even know. But... Unbelievable stuff yesterday, and this is overshadowing the news actually from a couple of days ago. Calvin Ridley suspended for an entire year by the NFL for gambling what appears to be $1,500 on NFL games, including Falcons games, the team he played for. He sat out a large portion of last season due to mental health problems, and he was participating in these activities while he was away from the team. So it makes you question. And I hate like questioning. Whether or not someone's lying about their mental health. But it makes you question it a little bit. I mean and I even saw videos afterwards. Calvin Ridley in plays that he. You know in games he was playing this year. It looked like he would allow himself to purposely get tackled. And not, not score. You know, on purpose. I mean there was one play. I forget who they were playing against. But Ridley was outrunning everybody. And then kind of slowed down and veered off to the left. And got tackled inside the 10. Who does that? Um, I, I don't know. It, it makes you question a lot of things. Obviously, it can negatively impact the integrity of football and the National Football League. A year, I, I feel like a year though for Calvin Ridley is a little too much. I feel like it's a little too a little too much because what do all of these professional leagues do nowadays? What who's their like their number one partner when it comes to a sponsorship, or an advertisement, what have you. It's these betting apps, FanDuel, DraftKings, millions and millions of dollars the NFL gets from these apps through their partnerships every year to promote their app, promote gambling. And I know it's in these players' contracts to not participate in gambling, especially when it comes to your own sport. But, I mean, if Calvin Ridley did it, there's certainly other players that did it, and they just haven't been caught yet. It's kind of hard to tell a player he can't do something when your league actively promotes it. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I feel like a, a year is a little too much and sort of related the punishment is much more uh, heavy I think, but like Pete Rose in the, in Major League Baseball, he's he will he will never be in the Hall of Fame and he absolutely should be, but he will never be in the Hall of Fame because he was betting on games as a as the Cincinnati Reds manager. He'll never get in. But yeah, I just There's a lot of inconsistencies. I don't like the way that was ruled, but I wanted to touch on that as well because that's kind of being overshadowed by this Russell Wilson trade and Green Bay uh, re-signing and retaining Aaron Rodgers. But that will do it for episode, is this 156? I feel like this is episode 156 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. Uh, Make sure you rate and review the show on iTunes, Follow me on SoundCloud. You can like and comment on there as well. Uh, Subscribe on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast, check it out. Follow me on TikTok at The Will Ford Show, Instagram at Will Ford Show, and on Twitter at The Will Ford Show. We'll see you in episode 157. Who knows what else is going to happen? Unbelievable stuff. More news, I'm sure, is going to be on the way very soon. More dominoes will fall. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode. This is WFS, The Will Ward Show.